0: On this episode of the Fieldhouse Files, a familiar name has taken on more equity stake in Pacers Sports and Entertainment. I'll discuss the major news that broke Thursday night. And I know that Fieldhouse Files has a prolific following. You know, I just want to be careful about sharing too much with the world. And welcome into the Fieldhouse Files, the podcast where I take you behind the scenes with the Pacers, talk to individuals on and around the team, and tell you what you need to know. Hello again, everybody. Can't believe it's already the 1st of December. What are we doing? Time is a-flying here uh, right now, but... Pacers are nearly 20 games into the season, about a 500 record at 9-8. and eight. But the big news came Thursday night in terms of ownership. We don't get many ownership updates when it comes to this franchise. It's run very different and much more quieter. Much more quietly is the way in which they operate compared to over on West 56th Street with the Indianapolis Colts. When the Colts win, Jim Mercer, the longtime owner, Often talks after games, probably every game. On the other side of that, the last time we've heard from Herb Simon publicly was when a few of us were invited to a kind of... roundtable discussion with him when he wanted to clarify the future, I guess the present of that Pacers team back in 2021, I think it was, right before a couple months later, they decided to pivot into a rebuild. But he was adamant and wanted to set the record straight. It was about a 40 minute conversation. Nothing was off limits or off the record, but that's once in the last several seasons. Ursay, he talks, and we know he tweets. I've been thinking about this the last couple of weeks as Ursae has gone on some tangents on Twitter, thinking, imagine if this was my beat and I had to cover Herb Simon tweeting like this. Nonetheless, let's get to the news. And uh, It was the big news that broke late Thursday about an hour before the Pacers tipped off for their first of two in a row down in Miami against the Heat. It's Stephen Rails is taking on a 20% ownership stake in Pacers Entertainment. And this is at a 3.47 valuation, according to Sportico, who I'll give them props. They broke the news and uh, uh, we're ahead of it and got the news there. Um... And had some extra things, including that, the fact of the valuation here. Now, I knew Stephen Rails was already involved with the organization. I did not know at what equity and how involved he is. And we still don't know beyond the equity piece. But this is him adding another 15% stake uh, in the Pacer Sports and Entertainment here with this latest move, with, which is worth... Uh, which is worth an additional like 500 and some million dollars when you break it out for Herb Simon and his family because it's a a family run company. And what's different about this versus others, I even think of like Jim Irsay and the Colts is this is a it's a major business, but this is a side billion dollar business um, in terms of. The Pacers for the Simon family. We all know at least round here. I know I have a, a, an audience, certainly overseas. That was been cool over the last few days. I guess all week to see the Spotify wrap how we're viewed and and watched and uh, listened to in something like twenty five different countries across the world. That's incredible. But nonetheless, what I get at here is uh, it's Simon Property Group. They're publicly traded. Uh, it's a company that's all about. Uh, we know they're Simon malls and. Real estate, more than anything, and property. Uh, and then in 1983, Herb and Mel came to the rescue and saved the Pacers, spending about $11 million, with an M, $11 million to purchase the franchise back then. Well, right now, what did I just say? A $3.47 billion valuation. So it's been a hell of an investment for the Simon family. And it's been fun to see... Uh, More of the family, I would say, get involved in recent years. Um, The the next in line to run the team is Steve Simon. He's been around the team for quite a while now. By my estimates, I think he's had a a bigger role for the last decade or so, um, and especially in the last several years, a lot more visible, Back in February during the All-Star weekend in Salt Lake City, he was out there. He helped hosted an event for the Pacers and any Indy people that were out there, including those that were uh, doing research and planning ahead for Indy's All-Star game coming up in February. It was him that gave the the toast and, and got things started. He was at... Uh, several games here really to start this season. Uh, Rachel Simon's highly involved. Sarah Meyer Simon, highly involved. I go back to Rachel uh, a couple weeks ago when Rick Carlisle announced his new initiative, uh, Drive and Dish. Well, Rachel Simon was there to represent the family. So this is not just Herbie. This is He's not the only one involved. He's 89 now, just celebrated a birthday uh, in late October. Um, but it's cool to see more of the family get involved. Yet at the same time, you know, moving on from part of equity, and this had to be very difficult for Herbie and his family as well because of what it means to them and and everything. But still, they own the majority stake. One thing I did appreciate is about an hour after the report, the Pacers came out issuing a statement, and I'll read it here for those who maybe have not read it online. At FieldhouseFiles.com, here's what Herb Simon, uh, the longest tenured owner, by the way, in the NBA since 1983. And what's also cool, Jim Irsay, the longest tenured owner in the NFL. So the Pacers and really the city have old school ownership, uh, whereas you look at other franchises, a lot of them have uh, a ton of investors. A lot of them are more investment investment. Uh, you know, capital investments, um, venture capitalists. I think is more so what I was trying to get out there. Um, you think about you know, Michael Rubin and other, Josh Harris and others within the Philadelphia 76ers organization previously, and what they were able to do. This is very much old school uh, in the way in which the Pacers and Colts have been run. But two days after Mark's, two days after Mark Cuban, the Dallas Mavericks owner agreed to sell a majority share in his Dallas Mavericks uh, to a Las Vegas company and a Billionaires, uh, this is not quite at this level. This is not a majority share. This is a minority stake. It's tw- another 15% uh, to the 5% that Stephen Rails previously owned, so a 20% share versus you know probably over 50 or 60 at least for the uh, Mavs deal. We don't know just yet exactly. And by the way, both of these deals are not yet final. They have to be approved by the NBA, so it's pending approval, but the agreement is reached by both of these parties. So, here's the quote from Herb Simon. My good friend Stephen Rails, who has a strong Hoosier ties and is a graduate of DePaul University and co-founder of Donaher Corporation, which is the owner of an Indiana-based life sciences company, Beckman Coulter, uh, expressed an interest in acquiring a minority investment in the franchise. After considerable Discussion: Steven is going to become a minority owner of 20% of the franchise pending league approval. And this is the key part. These two sentences, I think, one very important, and I'm glad that he made point to mention it because this is the first thing all of us are wondering, right? He says, to continue on, management of this franchise remains under Simon family control. The Simon family is as committed to Indiana as we have been since we moved here from New York in the 1960s, end quote. So uh, a, sh- a good quality statement right there to the point with some facts provided by Herb Simon and the organization yesterday. But I'm not sure they were exactly expecting for that to get out on Thursday the, the team's corporate spokesman was on the, a flight actually uh, when news got out and then they act quickly and and now we're able to discuss it and understand it a little bit more I hope to have a conversation with Stephen Rails and to get to know him a little bit and to help you the fans understand him and what he's about and maybe his passion for basketball his acumen in business which is clearly very strong I'll get into his background here in just a minute but uh Steven Rails has been mentioned by team executives Previously, I go back to the end of October after Rick Carlisle agreeing to a contract extension for the Pacers. Uh, among the people he thanked was Steven Rails, and so uh, that was notable to me the first time he had been publicly mentioned, I think, but it, by anyone within the franchise. Um, Steve Simon, uh, again, is Herb's son. He's kind of that next in line to take over, has taken on a, a bigger role within the franchise in recent years. Um, and. And recently, uh, I guess back again, going back to the All-Star game in February out in Salt Lake City, I asked Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, about her and his impact on the league. And, and of course, with the tie-in that Indy would be getting the All-Star game coming up next year, meaning this year. Um, And so that was really cool. And to quote a, a short part of what he had to say is he said he has been a force of innovation and constructed change over the years. I think other other governors in the league would say he has done extraordinary service to the league end quote. So Herb Simon giving up more of the franchise here worth probably about three and a half, four billion $4 billion in total. The valuation again, just under 3.5 billion, according to Sportico have not been able to independently confirm that just yet. Um, and uh, more to that, the, the stake that he's adding on here, another 15% worth, then based on that valuation, over $500 million. And I remind you, the Simon Brothers bought the franchise back in 1983 for less than $11 million. So the big question, right, is who is Steven Rails? Who is this guy? I've never heard of him. I had never heard of him until I had, uh, looked into him after I believe he was sitting courtside at the season opener back on October 25th. I'm not 100% sure, but I believe he was sitting courtside, row one, next to Bo Simon, Herb Simon's wife. At least looked like him from afar, but the seats are difficult to see right there. But I believe he was there, uh, which is another indication maybe he had taken on uh, more within the franchise. And and to remind you, too, minority owners are usually just that. They they really don't have much say. Um, That's why you see with Mark Cuban, him... Selling at a, a what valuation he did, but re- retaining being the the primary decision maker in ba- basketball operations that has more value, right? If you're the the run running management and running basketball operations, Simon family saying they will continue to do this. This is just a twenty percent stake, and certainly notable, much more than you know one percent. I think, right? You know, Shaq had one percent at one time of the Phoenix Suns, and maybe even still does the Sacramento Kings. So many uh, of these teams have a lot of owners that have a very small, nearly irrelevant share, unless you're talking about money. Irrelevant in terms of involvement. Um, I, mean, I guess you get a ring out of all of it, probably, uh, and say you are an owner, but you're not the guy. That's the value of being someone like Herb Simon or like Jim Irsay. So Stephen Rails, 72 He's from Maryland, lives out in Santa Barbara. He's worth an estimated $7.5 billion, and that's according to Forbes. Um, he's a businessman, owns multiple companies, uh, including a film production company. makes sense, right? You're out in California. That's Hollywood. You're involved in that. Uh, he's a proud DePaul Tiger, uh, also a donor. I-, I saw looking back at some stories from DePaul uh, that he's thinks that he's made possible through donations, so he's very much involved there, and as Herbie rec- Rep. Uh, recognizing his quote uh, one of the companies is an owner of a different company that's an Indiana based life sciences company so there's ties there as well and clearly uh, the Simon family comfortable enough with him not just to bring him on in the first place but now in a much larger role with more equity here now again one of the big first questions is going to be does this mean they're going to move or does this mean they're you know going to sell even more uh, is Herbie trying to get out no it doesn't seem that way at all i view this as a way to maybe diversify to bring in a friend to uh maybe profit while you can maybe uh, the values aren't going to raise significantly more i don't know that's the one big question that i think all sports owners are are seeing and um and having to decide quite frankly is now a good time to maybe get out some are saying hey i want to get in because when you're an owner of a team that gets you into parties that gets you into meetings um People want to have conversations with you. It gets you into an exclusive club to be an owner. And so if you can, that's one of the reasons many choose to do so. Uh, but, you know, Simon's owned this team for a long time. I'm sure he has business and family interests uh, that very much played into this decision. I hope to talk to him. I'm not expecting it just because that's not been his M.O. But when a big deal like this happens, perhaps, especially it's business, and he's more of a businessman than he is, you know, Management In terms of basketball, one thing he stressed uh, in talking to him just a couple of times uh, in my decade of covering this team is that he purposely hires smart basketball people and stays out of the way. He knows what he's good at. He knows what he's an expert at and he knows what he's not at. And so he's been very much hands off uh, in terms of basketball decisions. Now he does have the final say, and if there's a big trade or big draft or, you know, coaching hire that needs to be made, obviously he's the final one signing off or he's the one saying, uh, or looking into things or pushing things maybe on, on a committee level at the board of governors meeting, but he's empowered Kevin Pritchard to run the franchise from the basketball side and Rick Fusen to run Pacers sports and entertainment from the business side. Um, now, again, back to the franchise's future. Look, you're you're seeing the investments made from a city level, and investments from the team level as well. There was more than four hundred million dollars spent on renovations and upgrades and new additions to the field house over the last three years. Um, it's it's stunning to me that they spent about three hundred and sixty million specifically in renovations to the field house, twice what the arena cost to build. Back in 1999. That's just how much uh, inflation, the cost of, of upgrades and hardware and all that. And I've, I've told Mel Raines and others within the franchise, too, they are so lucky that they agreed to the renovations, the cost, and all that back before the pandemic, back before the big rush here, uh, back in 2019. And that's another key date, too. That was 20 years after the franchise kind of moved into what then was Canseco Fieldhouse. Well, back in. I think it was April of 2019 the franchise agreed to a new 25 year deal with the Capital Improvement Board of Indianapolis which kind of, r- which kind of runs or more so oversees and owns the fieldhouse and the Pacers are uh, allowed to run it it's an incredible business deal Saint Vincent Center is the same way um in that the Pacers are tenants they they Eventually won't own that building, is my understanding. They pay like very they they pay rent, and at the end of the term, I believe they turn it over to the city. That's a lot of minutiae you probably don't care about, but it's important to know that back in 2019, the Pacers agreed to a 25-year extension with the uh, with the city that runs through the 2043-44 season. Yeah, well off into the distance, but that's another reason to believe. No, this, this does not signal they're trying to sell um, big the majority stake or move to a different city. And uh, just this couple months ago, we saw the opening of Bicentennial Unity Plaza. That's that outdoor space just north of Gainbridge Fieldhouse. in the summer months as a basketball court. Uh, Just recently, you know, and now in the winter months, will be an ice skating rink, outdoor skating rink for the public uh, to take part in. If you don't know exactly what I'm talking about, go to fieldhousefiles.com. Full details for you right there. And then the last, and not quite last. Some bigger news is you have Commission Row going up, and that's the construction just east of Bicentennial, Unity Plaza, a speakeasy, Mel Steakhouse, and then an event space on the third floor. So three floors right there, three very different multi-use purposes. That's a Herb Simon-type deal, not a Pacers deal. And then there's, you know, just to the west of the Fieldhouse, a... other deals under consideration, I'm not sure if they've give, given final approval, but uh, perhaps another hotel, apartment, condo-type space that could be connected to the field house. Again, to me, what this represents, I think, in many ways is kind of what we're seeing with new ownerships across the league. I always go back to New England with in NFL and New England Patriots, Patriot Place. It's not just a football stadium. There's shops there's all kinds of areas to get involved with to do stuff pregame hotels that's what you're seeing um within ownership now it's not just about owning the team it's about owning the arena the land around it and so again i think that's what you're seeing with herb simon and company right there with commission row with bicentennial unity plaza which was by the way i should make note that it was made possible due to about 29 million dollars in donations from the Lilly endowment which is crushing it Uh, one of the biggest philanthropies in the country, maybe world, Um, they kind of funded that, but an incredible outdoor space for uh, really the downtown of Indianapolis. But wanted to jump on here, not quite an emergency podcast, this is not a majority stake, but a lot relevant within the Pacers, the business side of the franchise um, that I wanted to address here going into this weekend here um, after the big news of Stephen Rails taking on more ownership after he gets approval from the league, no reason to think it will not go through. That's just a formality here, especially considering he already has a very small minority share in the company. For all my coverage, you can, and more on this, if you're more of a reader, you can check it out at fieldhousefiles.com. I appreciate those of you who our subscribers paid subscribers especially and those of you who may be joining for the first time over the last couple of weeks using utilizing that Black Friday Cyber Monday special that I offered the biggest offer ever and there were dozens and dozens of you who took advantage of that and I truly appreciate that so thanks for watching or listening however you're consuming this Fieldhouse Files podcast on YouTube Spotify Apple Podcasts, and a lot more. And, uh, yeah, continue to read my coverage at fieldhousefiles.com. I hope you all have a great holiday as we get into December 1st and uh, my favorite time of year, no doubt about that. And uh, I'll talk to you again here soon.